Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Fumbled the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, that time I step in the you can't be making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake. When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change. Cause every action got a consequence. Consider your ways. Hardest thing to do in life is elevate through your pain. I can relate to feeling like your life is stuck in the face. Giving effort, but results just keep remaining the same. Ask the patience for yourself. Shit ain't as bad as you claim. I seen the homeless nigga smile while he was standing in rain. It's all about perspective. Chillin', catching blessings, and cryptocurrency been bustin', and I'm well invested. She know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressin', I'm legend. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas layin' brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gon' break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste, I'm putting food on place. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. It's your boy Jalen, one quarter of the BWR Podcast. Checking in. What's good, my brothers? How y'all doing on this lovely Saturday? Yo, yo, yo. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Kelly here, checking in, checking in on a lovely Saturday. You know, feeling good, feeling blessed, feeling highly favored. How you doing over yeah. there, Jared? Hey, man, I'm feeling good, feeling lovely, man. This Saturday, good vibes in the building and stuff. You know, we about to get into a great podcast. We got a real interesting guest today. Mm-hmm. And let's get into this, man. It's about to be a cold episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we get started with the episode, I do want to just ask everyone to please rate, comment, subscribe, review, leave us something, letting us know how y'all feel about the podcast. Follow us on Instagram if you're not doing that. Go follow us on Instagram, same name, Black Wealth Renaissance. Follow us on Twitter, at BWR underscore movement. Um, you can hit us up and just stay connected with all of those things like that. So now let's jump into this amazing guest. Y'all, we got a young lady. She's hailing out of Delaware. Her name is Miss Kaylani Williams. Now, let me tell y'all about this young sister. She's 21 years old. She now owns her own property. She's got one property under her belt. She also is the owner of Union Enterprise Property Management Company, and she purchased this property during the pandemic in her senior year of undergrad. Let's give it up for Ms. Kaylani Williams. <laughs> oh, y'all are awesome. 
hey, we just want to say you're awesome and thank you for coming on the show and really just we were blown away. Whenever I read the submission, I was like, oh, we got to talk to her. I was like, this is dope. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. First of all, I'm a huge, huge fan of your podcast. I always have my pen and paper out when I'm listening to y'all. During my commute to work, I stop listening to music and I listen to y'all every morning, you know, when you guys post something new. And I just always try to tune in and stay refreshed. So thank you guys for what you're doing. Thank you for letting me come on here and putting my two cents. <laughs> oh. so, yeah. well, thank you. Thank you for reaching out to us and thank you for asking to be on the show because I definitely think your perspective and your view and what you've accomplished at such a young age can definitely be impactful and have some type of good impact on a future generation. Even those who are older than you, they might look hear this and be like, very inspired. Yeah, that's the goal. So we'll just get into it. I just talked about, you know, some of the things that you've done. And I kind of want to know what led you up to wanting to be interested in real estate? Like, what was your mind like while you were going through school? What led you on this journey? Yeah, so I'm originally from Delaware. I went to college at Old Dominion University in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. So I loved it. I had a great time. COVID hit my senior year. I was majoring in speech language pathology and audiology. So I just knew I was going to be a speech therapist. I was going to own my own practice and continue working with children. I was working with kids with special needs at the time and loved it. But when COVID hit, I just, it was my senior year. All of my internships went on freeze. Everything just went on freeze. And I was like, oh my gosh, what happens now? And it was really tough to work through in the beginning. I was struggling to complete my work. I was struggling to hold on to my vision. And one day, I don't know, something hit me. I'm like, you change your vision then. You know, as the world changes in these things, you have to rock with it. You can't just sit here stagnant because everything will pass you by. There's a way to make this work. So I'm in my senior year and I'm finishing my classes and I'm like, okay, I need a place to live after this. (laughs) And, you know, it came from very humble beginnings. So I didn't really have the same privilege as some of my classmates. You know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to go home and chill for a couple of years until I figure it out. And I'm like, good for y'all, but I can't. So everybody is just chilling and moseying along. And I'm over here trying to work as many hours as I can in the midst of COVID and trying to continue to add to my savings and stuff. Cause I'm like, I need somewhere to live. So I'm like, great. You know, I was supposed to be working for this speech therapy practice in uh, Maryland. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to need an apartment out there. And boy, apartments are expensive. Like, it's expensive. I what, never what were you rented. talking like? Whatever, give, give, give me an give me a, a, a estimate. Whenever you're looking for apartments, what were you seeing? And I, I never rented before, but the way I wanted to live, it was probably like 1400 It was 1400 and it like was a... One-bedroom, two-bedroom, what, what, what is looking? It was a one-bedroom. Um, It wasn't a studio. It was a one-bedroom. That thing was probably like, man, 600, 500 square feet. For <laughs> 14? Yes, that's how much it costs out there. That's how much, if I'm remembering correctly, but it was mainly in that kind of realm. And, you know, it was the high rise apartments. You got the pool, (laughs) the fitness center. You know, I wanted all that. You had some nice amenities, though. Right. You had amenities. And it was nice, but it wasn't in my budget at the time. Mm -hmm. And they wanted, you know, you had to do a million and one things. You needed to make two or three times the rental amount, and they needed you to run your credit and things. And there was a couple of places I was interested in, but I'm like, I'm going to have my credit ran all over the place. And I might not even qualify because my job definitely wasn't giving me two or three times that. And so I'm like, shoot, what am I going to do? And then I'm like, well, mortgage is cheaper than rent. Everybody says that. Everyone always said that. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy a house in Maryland. Still expensive. <laughs> Still expensive. And I'm like, man, I really don't even have any other reason for living in Maryland other than the job that I wanted, that I wasn't even guaranteed to have. So I was like, you know what? We're going to rework this vision. And I did a lot of meditating. I did a lot of prayer. And it came to me like, okay, you know what? Go back home. It's next to Maryland and it's cheaper. And if you want a job in Maryland, you can have one, you know? So that was the move. I'm like, all right, I'm going home and I'm going to buy a house before I get there. 
And so I'm calling everybody I know, like to see if they can help me. Call my mom. Now, no one in my family ever bought a house, but they rented before. So I'm like, it's probably the same thing. <laughs> but it wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. <laughs> and my mom, she's like, girl, why are you trying to buy a house? Like, you should probably rent first. And I'm like, no, like, I don't want to throw away my money renting. I want to buy. And then I call my grandma. She's like, girl, you tripping. Like, you can't buy no house. And I'm like, oh, like, man, you tripping. And everyone's just thinking, like, girl, you just lost your mind. COVID just got you all twisted up, but I just knew it was going to work. So I was like, man, family and friends aren't working. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let me call the people. So I started calling a bunch of real estate agents. I just Googled them and would call And they kept saying, well, you know, do you, what are you looking for? Do you have a lender already? What's your budget? And I'm like, lender, budget? Like, I need to know where to start. I don't know what to do. (laughs) So one of the ladies told me, she's like, look, you know, you got to start with a lender. So find a lender and get pre-approved. I'm like, okay. So I contacted a bank. Well, first I started just calling a bunch of banks. This was my mechanism. I'm like, look. I'm just going to call and I'm going to ask what the process looks like, right? So I called probably like 10 banks and just spoke to the mortgage department and got an outline of the process just so I can make sure it was consistent all across the board. And for the most part, it was, you know, your W, you needed like two years worth of W-2s, two years of employment history, your pay stubs, you know, four pay stubs to close and your down payment, if that's applicable to you. You know, if you weren't using any grants or any gifting or anything and what else? And of course, your ID, your social and all those little things. That was just to get pre-approved, correct? Yeah, to get. Oh, and of course, your credit score, your credit, your credit needed to be ran. And I had already began working on my credit prior to going to college. As soon as I turned 18, I got me that Discover It card. (laughs) And that bad boy, I started, they started me off with $300. And, you know, I worked, I used it and paid it off over time. So they worked me on up. So my credit was in a good place as well. So I'm grateful for that. So yeah, once I got on the phone with them and then I ended up going back to someone that I really liked, I felt like she really explained things very well. And I really felt like she was an advocate for me. So we talked and everything. And I told her I was ready to move forward and get the pre-approval done. And this was going to be the part where they ran my credit. And I'm all scared. I'm like, oh my God, my credit is about to drop like crazy. My credit dropped like four points. <laughs> so, but that was just my situation, you know? So it didn't even drop that much. And this is like the big piece that I'm excited to share though, with someone in school trying to buy a home. Because when I called other lenders, they're like, you're in school. Like, maybe you should wait till you're out of school. I'm like, no, I'm doing it now. The lady I spoke to said that schooling counts as employment history. I'm like, what? I'm like, no, you got plenty of work. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You got to run that back. You got to run that back. Say that one more time. Schooling counts as employment history. Yes. Yes. Per the two-year Work history, mortgage guidelines, education counts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. So she was asking me, you know, how long have you been in college? I'm like, man, I'm on year three, you know? And um, I graduated in three years. So that's why I was on year three. And she was like, okay, great. You know, you just got to send proof of your transcripts and, you know, any campus jobs you've worked or any work that you had alongside that, send that as well. So I did. And that was like the big blow away for me. And I remember I'm just sitting here like, wait, high schoolers can do this? People in trade school can do this? Like, what? And that made me really excited, you know, because that was like the barrier of entry for me. When I was speaking to other different lenders, they were like, oh, you're in, I'll tell you what the process is. But since you're in school, you might just want to hold off and those different things. And, Mm. you know, people only speak from what they know. And maybe speaking to a student didn't sound like the most viable process to get to the finish line. But this lady, she gave me the key to the city. (laughs) So that was really exciting to learn. So you provide that. And then we were just rolling. 
So that was the big piece for me. I got my pre-approval. I got my budget. And I actually had a family member who knew somebody who was a real estate agent. So affiliation is always, or at least for me in my situation, it was a great way to go with getting me through. So I didn't even have to really do too much looking. I told her what I wanted. And then it just so happened that she had a house that was under contract, but it fell through. And she was like, do you want this one? Because I was about to sell it, but you can have it. We can get this done. And then next thing you know, I was at the table closing and moving in. That's crazy. And before we even like get deep into like your deals and everything, it's some gold nuggets in there that we got to come back. I got to pull out. Like you touched on a lot. Like I felt like it's going, you know, come with it. But y'all, she came with the shits. Like even the fact that at 18 years old, you had the mentality, oh, I'm going to just start getting my credit right. I'm going to get this discovery card and I'm going to start building it up before I go to college. Like that's smart as hell. And then, you know, you were like saying, you know, my family and friends, they're not seeing my vision. So I'm going to start contacting mm-hmm. people who has been here before. I'm not going to go to people who haven't been through this process because obviously they don't know what it takes and they don't see the vision that I have. So I want to commend you on that as well. And then mm-hmm. even just the figuring out, you know, the school, employment and all of that, like it's so <laughs> much shit that I want to go a little bit deeper in. But the first yeah. thing is like the credit. And that was something that I was wondering with the process was like with you and your credit history. So what kind of had gave you that vision or at least gave you the knowledge to say, you know what, I know at 18 years old, credit is very important. I need to make sure that this is something I have established in my life. Because I'm going to be honest with you, at 18 years old, my credit wasn't right. Like I didn't start thinking about it until I was about to graduate from school. Wow. I think that's the same for a lot of people. My family never talked about credit, really. The only time I ever heard credit was it ruined your life. (laughs) It ruined your life. My mom had like a Marshall's charge card or something. And I remember they would send her that thing in the mail, like, or no, they would call and they would be like, this is to collect the debt or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she'd be like, oh, like, I know I should have never got that darn Marshall's card. So I always thought I should never get one. But when I was in high school, my friends, their parents were very financially along and stuff. And my friends, they had credit cards when we were in high school. And I used to be like, girl, where do you get that credit card from? But their parents made them authorized users on their credit. So that had them going off the early. So after I graduated high school, I was already accepted into my college by that summer of 2017. That's when I graduated. And my friend's mom was like, you know, did you get your school email yet? I'm like, yeah. And she was like, well take your school email and apply for a Discover It card and you can start building your credit so that you'll have some money just in case you need it while you're in college. And I'm like, okay, you know, and the application was easy. It was just online. I got approved in like three seconds. I'm like, oh, snap, I got $500, (laughs) y'all. I was like, and she explained to me how to use it. She's like, you know, call them, find out when your statement end date is. And make sure you pay it down to, I think she told me to pay it down to $50 by the statement end date. And then the day after, pay off the $50. And I didn't really understand what it meant at the time. I was just like, okay, like, you know what you're doing. Y'all live in a big house. (laughs) So I did. But in hindsight, she really set me up for success Mm -hmm. because your statement is what they report to the credit bureau. So if I'm consistently every month spending $50, they see my low utilization and then I pay it off the next day and I'm starting off fresh for the month. So it's not like I'm stacking up money over time, you know? So I just used it to put gas in my car throughout the summer and those different small things. Mm, That's really, really powerful. And that's really, really impactful the way that your friend's mom, she even stepped in and like, she took the role. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna just tell her and like show her how to utilize this and how to really take advantage of this. And she set you up like on a good path. She taught you, you know, about the statement date and about how to really take advantage of the credit system. And once again, like you said, your parents wasn't talking about that. And that's something that a lot of people in our community, they don't talk about. And I think that that's really, really impactful. And I really think that anybody who's out there, you listening, you got some little homies, some little sisters, or like you seeing some people come up. If you got this knowledge, 
I'm challenging you right now to help them out and set them right on the right path. And you can't say you don't have this knowledge if you listen to this podcast. That's all I'm saying. Very true. I kind of want to go back a little bit too about when you were looking at apartments, you were saying everything was too expensive and you did one of those where I find myself doing it as well. Whenever things don't go as planned, kind of retract myself and kind of like overthink things and try to make sure I get everything right. I really want to talk about that process. How is it for you whenever things aren't going where you originally planned it for, planned it to, how do you get yourself right and to go and continue forward? Man, I'm an information junkie. I really am an information junkie. I always been hard headed and I really think I have trouble computing the word no. So one way that I really kind of was able to regroup was getting the facts, you know, and once I had the facts, I was able to find another way. So the facts were that I didn't have enough to live the place I wanted to live. And I didn't have a cosigner or anything to support me. So I was like, what's the other alternative? I need somewhere to live. And I heard some things about mortgages and how it's cheaper. So from there, I was able to go and see, is this true? Is the mortgage really cheaper? And is this something I can do? And that's when I went from there. Did that answer your question? Yes, no, that was perfect. Like I said, I caught myself doing it as well. Whenever things don't go planned, I kind of just catch myself. Okay, I got to plan this out. Like now I need to figure out what's going on and how can I get to my goals? Yes, yes. I want to highlight the fact of your research skills, uh, because it seems like throughout the whole thing, you weren't a person that just knew everything. You were just like, okay, I'm going to figure it out, though. Like, okay, cool. I've never had anybody in my family that has bought a house before. Let me figure this out. I've never had anybody, you know, teach me the ins and outs of credit. Let me figure this out. And that's something that I feel like a lot of listeners need to glean something from. It's just like, if you don't know something, move forward into figuring it out. Try to find the resources, try to reach out to the people, like you said before, to figure those things out. That's the only way you'll get over those hurdles. Don't allow yourself to be stuck. Yes, absolutely. I kind of want to go into like the actual deal of buying the house. So you talked about the employment history, how school counted as for the employment history. How did the income part work? Because you were looking for a job. So how does that part work? Yeah, so... That was another loophole that she put me on to, and it was super helpful. So when I started the process, you know, I didn't have a job. I started the process around this time, actually. Yep. It was around this time where I started really getting on the phone. This is so nostalgic for me. That's why reflecting back on my journals was really interesting. So that's when I really started getting on the phone, calling, going right to the source and seeing into those things. And what she informed me was, is that you have your two-year employment history and you also can start the mortgage process with an offer letter. So I was able to obtain a job. It was an, a work from home position and it worked for me at the time since me working for the, the speech therapy practice didn't fall through. So I was able to obtain that job by, it was July. I was able to get it, got my offer letter submitted the offer letter to the lender. And from there, she was like, okay, this is your intended start dates. We're going to need four pay stubs after this in order to close. Because you have to show one month worth of income. So, they so I would, numbers and everything. yep, yep. So I started on my start date, sent her my first pay stub, and we just took it week by week, week by week. And in the midst of that, I also had to send over bank statements week by week to make sure that, yes, you're really working here. Yes, this money is really being deposited here. And that was kind of the employment verification. That's what that was. That's another piece of it. Sorry, I'm trying to remember all of it. No, you're good. And I got another question with it. Were you on scholarship while you were in school? Did you have any type of student loan debt associated with this? I did. I had a lot of scholarships, thank God. But I did have some student loan debt. And the way that that worked out for me was because they were deferred, they only counted 1% of my total student loan debt in the debt to income ratio. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yep. Okay. So, and that's, it was deferred because you were still in school and, you know, you got that six month grace period and then it yep. kicks in. Okay. That's, that's right. hard. That's hard. That's right. Hey. Yeah. So, so, okay, now I want to get a little bit more into the deal. So oh, first yeah. off, what was your criteria? What were you looking for? Like, were you looking for a single family? 
or did you know to go the multifamily route? What were some of the things like that? You know what? I wish I would have known to go the multifamily route because now I'm trying to buy another one now. They're gone. They are gone. But no, I was really looking for more aesthetic stuff. You know, we had humble beginnings. Like I said, we lived in a lot of different apartments and subsidized housing communities. So I'm like, yo, I want something nice. So some of the things I put on my list, I wanted hardwood floors. I wanted ceiling fans. I wanted... I wanted three bedrooms. I wanted a basement that was finished. I don't want no concrete block basement, (laughs) you know, a laundry room, those kinds of things. And I didn't want a single family because I was single at the time. And I was scared, like, you know, what if no one's next to me? And they, you know, what if I need somebody? I want to be able to just go next door. So I really wanted to be in a townhouse. Oh, and I wanted a garage, but I didn't get that this time around. But it ended up working out this house that I'm currently in, that I'm transitioning out of, actually. It literally has everything that I want. So So what was like the price range that you were looking for with the house? And what type of financing did you go with? Did you go with a conventional loan? Did you go with FHA? Like, what were some of those options that you found within your research? Or did you just go straight conventional? I ended up doing FHA. I did FHA. They only wanted between three and 5% down. That's all they wanted from me. My price range, I didn't want to go over 200,000. I was like, because I wanted a low monthly payment. Um, But you know, of course, if you want a low monthly payment, you have to put down more. So I really wanted to stay below that. And I was able to stay below that. And then the other thing was the state of Delaware actually had a first time home buyer grant available for me to leverage. So I was able to leverage that and use some of my savings that I had while working through college to pair with that. And that helped to solidify my down payment in the range I wanted. Okay. And that was something else I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, you know, did you do the refund? Did you use your refund? But, you know, you said you used some savings that you had and you used this grant, which I think is amazing because it sounds like it started you off at a really, really good point. Did you buy your home with equity in it or did you buy it at market value? It was at market value. The cool thing about the grant is that like every state has them. Like the states literally have so many programs for people. Different banks have different small programs for people. I heard something recently about, I don't want to say the wrong bank, but one of these banks, they have this huge pool of money for people to, you know, purchase homes. I think it's Bank of America. But I'm not 100%. But yeah, leveraging that was really huge. And that helped me to not have to overexhaust myself because I still wanted to be able to furnish the place and pay the mortgage up and those different things. And then as far as my savings, I worked really hard all through college because I knew at the end of it, I can't just go home like my friends. So, you know, I made it a point to put away X amount of dollars every time I got paid in my jobs. Do you mind sharing just how much you had to come out of pocket yourself for your down payment just to secure it? Yeah, the down, what, like, so there's two. There's the good faith deposit, and that was $1,000. That was like, yes, I actually want to buy this house. The earnest um, money deposit. Yep, the earnest money deposit, yep. And that came way in the beginning as soon as we got under contract. So from the day we were under contract, for me, it took like 30 days. It was very quick for me, which worked out well. And then I had to bring to the table... How much did I have to bring? I think it was between eight and $9,000 that I brought to the table because I found a funky thing out about the grants is that, like I said, they have their own parameters. It locks you in at a certain monthly payment if you accept the full amount. So I'm like, look, I would rather pull some more of my savings than take the full amount of the grant. So I diminished the grant down and added a little bit more from what I had. But Originally, all I had to come to the table with was like 5000 which isn't bad. And the reason why I wanted you to just go out and put some of those numbers out, because once again, you're in college, you're about to graduate. And I wanted them to know that it's possible because if you're able to do this, and I know speech pathology, like I've heard of the major, and I've had a friend that took it. That's not an easy major. Like, y'all, y'all, y'all be <sighs> they studying y'all out. Ass, yeah, like y'all be studying y'all ass off with that. So if you were able, you know, to go to school and still work and stack this money up and have this type of discipline to make this thing happen before you even walked across the stage. 
I just wanted people to know it is possible. It might take a little discipline. It might take a little hard work, but the reward is way more greater because even before you graduated college, most people graduate with student loan debt. You upped your net worth. Like you said, it was under 200,000, but you still up your net worth. Now you're worth more than a lot of people that's graduating, like versus going, being worth negative 30, $40,000. Yes. And then the other piece is through my duration of college, I got what, because refund checks really sucked for me. I didn't really get too many, but I did get one or two that I ended up saving as well. So that contributed to that amount. And I just put that away because I'm like, that was my goal. I need somewhere to go after this. I need something after this. And, you know, I just made sure to apply for as many scholarships as possible. And that's where that money was able to funnel in. A lot of my refund checks were from scholarships and they literally were mailed to me. And that's another thing, like even with students, they don't understand, you know, you can apply for scholarships while you're in school. Once you're even accepted, like you can apply for scholarships up until you graduate. It's free money out there. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Yes, yes, for real. And, you know, people talk down on college. It's a waste of money. And I see how it can be for some people. You know, you go to school for biochemistry and then you're working at Target. And some people's unfortunately set up like that. But man, is it something to leverage? Having a student email got me a student credit card and was able to jumpstart my credit. Having a student status allowed me to qualify for certain scholarships. Being Black, being a speech therapy major, being out of state, like the list goes on. There's so many out there. You do have to put in the effort. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry to all the listeners. There is effort associated. Yes, you got to write that essay. Yes, they might want a a copy of your financial aid award. But if it's $2,000, I mean, come on. Do the couple of things. You can do it on your way to party. Come on, man. Come on. You can even save the scholarship letter that you used and, of course, revamp it and fit it to the next one. I mean, of course, be genuine and, and be from your heart when you are doing these scholarships. But a lot of them, you know, what? who is someone that inspires you? Write your essay. And then if it's someone similar, what's an event that inspired you? Take the scenario from the person and write it. <laughs> Come on. Ooh, I like that. I like yeah. that. What you got, Jared? I did want to ask just before we got way too far away from it, you had mentioned that there were a lot of different first-time homebuyer programs in different states and different places. Did you have any tips uh, maybe for somebody that's trying to find some of those programs that might be interested in some of them uh, where they might find some of that information? Yes, yes. So I looked in Maryland and I also looked in Delaware. Now, my starting point was the housing authority, the Maryland State Housing Authority and the Delaware State Housing Authority. They literally had resources for people who were looking for Section 8, people who needed transitional housing, and first-time home buyers and anything related to housing. And look, you know me, I'm going to call. <laughs> I got to call because the internet will drown you with information and you won't know what to do with it. At least that's how I work. So I read through all the information. Okay, these are the different programs. For Maryland, there was this one thing called Maryland Mortgage Program called up. What do y'all need from me? How does this thing work? It turns out with the Maryland Mortgage Program, you have to take a class. You have to show, you know, your income for X amount of time. So it's a bit of a longer process, but they really just want to make sure you have the budgeting skills, you have the financial skills, and you really understand the ins and outs before going into it. Same with Delaware. Their program was called something different, but they had, you know, different parameters that you needed to follow. I just asked, you know, can you email me a copy of those directions via PDF? The person I spoke to had no problem with it, or they were able to, to, you know, help me find the link on the website right over the phone. Yeah. Even and with those home buying programs, some of them have income limits, right? Um, yep. And even with those 
I want to encourage everybody to kind of do their own research and see if you qualify, because like even out here where I'm at in Hector County in Texas, the income limit out here is six figures. Like that's the cutoff limit. So you, like even if you do have a high income, you can still qualify for a lot of these different programs. So just yeah. I would definitely recommend anybody listening to do your own research and try to see if you're looking to buy a house, research these programs. They should be available to you. Yes. And they have great information, honestly. I mean, some people are like, oh, I don't want to have to do all that. I don't want to go to the classes once a week for four weeks. But it's good information and you're going to be prepared. So when you're in front of these lenders, oh, you know what this form is. Okay, you know what those words mean. Because it gets confusing. I'm glad that you mentioned that. And uh, definitely suggest anybody trying to get into them properties to take advantage of these things. Once again, it's free money. It's a little effort, but it's free money. Y'all get that. At one point, you shouldn't even, I mean, also, too, just a different perspective on it, like from something you just said that made me think about it, like it's you shouldn't even think about it as a sacrifice. It should be just free education. It's really an investment. It's really free education. Like you go into these classes, you're learning about the home buying process. Like I think about something from what's your story, right? Nobody in your family that's bought a home. All right, cool. Well, if now I'm I'm going through these home buying programs, they're going to give me free money and they're going to actually teach me about the process. So like you said, now I know these words, now I understand these processes, like that's free education and you're getting a discount for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to move a little bit further into your story and I want to kind of get into Union Enterprises. Tell us about your company, Union Enterprises. Yes. Yes. So it's still a baby. So I'm not like the millionaires y'all talk to every day. (laughs) I'm still a baby with it. But I'm definitely on my way. So Union Enterprises, for me, everything's about collaboration and unity. And then enterprises, it just sounds clean. (laughs) It just sounds clean. So yes, that's my business, Union Enterprises. It is a property, well, I got to change the name. I have to get the business license so that it's called a property management company. Mm -hmm. I've been slowly chipping away at that. And that's another process in itself. I'm going to have to reach out. to. I'm going to have to call them on Monday. It's a property management company. So what I'm looking to do is just continue to buy and put people in homes. You know, people need decent homes to live in. So that's really what I'm starting out as. I do have a vision for a halfway house one day. I had a great conversation with a gentleman and he was saying that there's so much funding for that. Like people need more halfway houses. And that's something I want to add to that in due time, that's a later on vision. So can you explain what is a halfway house and why is there so much funding available for it? Yes, so a halfway house is for, well, to my understanding, to individuals who were incarcerated Mm -hmm. and they get out and it's kind of like transitional housing to help them kind of integrate back into the world and get themselves together. And it's really important because, you know, especially with the changes in the marijuana laws and stuff. A lot of people are supposed to be getting let out of jail over, you know, being uh, freed from the petty charges and things. So where are these people going to go? Some of these people don't have families. Some of these people, you know, need somewhere for a second and need to be connected to community resources. And so that's the purpose of it. So that's just kind of me looking at what's going on and trying to find a way to maneuver in it and help our community. That's smart. That's smart. And I like it. I like it because I see your vision. I see what you, you know, you're doing. And I kind of want to ask you about the business license, too. You say, you know, you have to get a business license for it to be called a property manager. I think this is another good learning lesson for anyone listening out there. What do you mean by that? You know, it has to have a certain business license for that. So as far as getting the business together, that's something that I've been moving very slow with. And I've really been praying on mentorship for Because it's just a lot to it. So I guess I got as far as I got the certificate of formation. I got the LLC. I got the certificate of good standing. I made the bank account. But I guess that you have to have a business license in the state of Delaware if you are going to be renting multiple properties. So I only have one right now. So it'll be fine. They're not worried about it. But the minute I get another one, it has to be under that business license to my understanding. So I'm still researching that and trying to take that in, but just getting all those ducks lined up. You got to go to this website, fill out this form, this document. I'm going to also connect you with one of our friends that's out there 
he might be able to help you out. Either Josh Al or I'll see if Pedro. I don't know if Pedro uh, invests in Delaware. Well, we got some people out there that we know in the Delaware area. So hopefully we can help you out with that. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. I'm so open to new connections and just new information, honestly. I'm forever a student. I don't ever want to stop learning, you know? I love it. So you're 21, Miss Kayline. Yep. What does the year 30 look like for you? What's some of the goals? Where do you see yourself going in these next nine years? Oh, my gosh. Well, shoot. I hope to be... Um, I hope to have more properties by then. I hope to not just have properties. I hope to have some halfway houses by then. I don't want to call them halfway houses. I'm going to call them transitional housing structures. It's something better. Halfway house sounds like it sucks, but I want to have some of those under my belt. I want to have more time on my hands to be active in the community. That was something that I really liked about college was the constant on the go and interacting and stuff. But since I got out of college, and I obtained a mortgage, I kind of had to take the nine to five life for now. But I'm not throwing dirt on the nine to five because this is teaching me the skills that I need, you know? So I absorb everything from my nine to five and I really appreciate it. It's very humbling, but it doesn't give me time to be out in the community. I can't go down to the shelter throughout the day and speak to women, you know, my age. I can't pop up at the elementary school throughout the day. I have to be at work. So I really want that time, flexibility, and freedom. What you doing for your nine to five right now? And how are you leveraging it to get your next property? So right now, I work for the state of Delaware. And my primary way of leveraging it is truly to get this information. There's a lot of connections within the state. We have email newsletters that come out just about mayor and council meetings and these different things that are happening in the community. So one thing that popped up on my screen, it was about the housing authority and how some parameters are changing right now because of COVID. People, I believe, don't have to pay rent or their rent is being deferred. You can't- Yeah, the uh, moratorium, the rent moratorium. Yes, yes. So they're kind of re-looking at that and seeing, you know, when will be the appropriate time to lift that and what will it look like for these people who haven't been able to pay their rent. So I want to be on that Zoom call. I want to know what's going on and what's happening. I have amazing coworkers who are not just state workers. They have their own businesses or they've been doing this in their second career people. I work amongst women and men who are on their second pension, but beforehand they were a Wall Street banker. <laughs> like, so it's amazing to be in that environment. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. It's powerful. I like that. I don't have any more questions like pertaining to your real estate journey. Fellas, do y'all have anything else for her? I ain't gonna lie. That story, your journey has been amazing. I've been blown away by it. And I really hope that someone who's listening got something really, really valuable from it. And before we get on out of here, I want to pivot to our next section, what is called What's on Your Timeline? So we'll get into what's on your timeline. Anything that you saw on the TL, it could be funny, it could be something helpful, it could be something serious, it could be some type of issue that we're unaware of in the world. What's something that you've seen on your TL? Oh, man. So I'm actually not on Instagram right now. I'm not on social media. I had to step back and take a break this month. However, I'd be on YouTube. Oh my gosh, that's where all the gold is at. Nah. And I came across this video I forget who the person was. It was, you know, one of those entrepreneurial people. But she was saying something about getting a Duns and Bradstreet number to help build business credit. The business oh, yeah. credit. Oh, yeah, the gotta, business you credit. You got to get business credit. I oh, said, yeah. what? I was like, wait, I can do that? And so I watched the video and she was saying that I guess they are a business credit. Are they a business credit bureau? So Duns and Bradstreet is basically like the... Equifax and yeah. uh, what you would call it. Of, Experian. Of, yeah. They're, they're like the transient of, of the business world for business. Yeah. 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 So I was checking that out. I'm like, oh yeah, I need this, you know, so that I can really start executing and using my business to purchase these other properties, you know, yeah. instead of having to put it all on me. One thing that I did learn about having a mortgage even though it's beautiful, it's wonderful, I got my own house, I'm not throwing away money. 
your debt to income ratio really does hold you back from some different things. Seriously. I think that would be the only downfall that people should consider. So if there are certain things you're looking to do over the span of years, really be careful. Actually, I applied for a business credit card. It was the Chase Inc. And I got denied because they had to check my personal credit and my debt to income ratio was pretty high because of my mortgage. So that was something that I was like, oh, boo. But I know it's a loophole to it. So we're going to find it. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I got another question. So, you know, you say you're about to move out of this current property. Yeah. Whenever you move, are you going to flip out of your FHA loan? First off, are you going to flip out of the FHA loan? You know, I've been thinking about that. I've been reading a little bit that you may be able to obtain a second mortgage that's an FHA loan under certain guidelines. So in the event that I earn a higher position somewhere else, let's say I get a new job in Maryland and I need to move over there because my income would be higher there, they could potentially allow me to buy there and just have a second FHA loan. Um, well, the reason why I asked you that, because you can flip out of your current one, put that house under LLC instead of you owning it outright, put that house under LLC, then you can go get another FHA loan. You just can't have two FHA loans in the same. So like you said, there's special things, but you can get multiple FHA loans on different properties. You just can't have them active at the same time. Oh, oh yeah. We're going to have to talk because I got that far. Oh, wow. See, I knew there was a loophole and I was calling. They were saying, well, you know, we could just turn them. I think you can have multiple conventional loans. You can have this as your primary mortgage and that as your secondary but we might have to, you know, do some different things. And I'm like, whatever we got to do, let's do it. But if there's an easier way, I want the easy way. There's always ways. There's always yeah. ways. Yeah, I'll Good. reach out to some of the real estate friends and we got to connect you to them because- uh, oh, That'll be good. Yeah, your future's definitely bright and I'll definitely want to help any way we can. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. But definitely, definitely like that. The business credit is what's on your timeline because- that just means that you leveling up means that you stay on your research. So I love it. Yeah. I try to stay abreast. No problem. No problem. So I definitely want to say thank you for coming on to the show. And before we get out of here, can you please let them know when can they follow you, keep up with you and your journey and just really just see what you got going on while you grow and while you blossom. Yes. I'm taking a break from social media right now, but my Instagram is at E-E-E-N-H-A. That's my middle name backwards. My name's Kehlani Ane. But you know, when I first made my Instagram, I didn't know what the heck to call myself. (laughs) So I just did that. And so, yeah, you can follow me on there. And then, you know, I just want to thank you guys for letting me just share my two cents. And I really hope that this helps somebody, you know. I definitely want to leave y'all with just, if you don't know, call. There's a phone number to everywhere. Just call and ask somebody to help you. And if they won't help you, ask for somebody else. There's always somebody to talk to, to walk you through, seriously. And that's what got me through. I love it. I love it. Once again, thank you for coming on the show. Before we wrap up, we're going to get into some house cleaning. We want to say thank you to all of our listeners for coming in week in, week out. If you are new here, This is your first episode. We want to say welcome to the family. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you keep on tapping in with us. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about it. Preferably a five-star rating. I need all five of them things. Um, Make sure that y'all, you know, sharing this with your family and friends as well. If you think that this is something that's helpful and it can be helpful to anybody else. Also, I want to say y'all cop our book, Manage Your Money Like the 1%. You can buy that thing on Amazon or you can hit the link in our bio and you'll have the option to purchase the ebook version or the physical copy. Also, I want to say sign up for Black Wealth Renaissance Academy, BWR Academy, the hottest community on the Internet. This is the place where you want to be. This is where we are teaching you the principles of personal finance. That's our first school that we rolled out, the personal finance school. We're getting people set up with budgets. We're getting people set up with retirement accounts. We're partnering with Capital, Capital with a Q. We're partnering with RPA College, helping people get trades and different things like that. So this program is really, really amazing. So we definitely want y'all to join. Please sign up. Once again, you can use the link in the show notes and they'll give you access to that. 
fellas, y'all got anything else? If you're watching this on YouTube, please again like, comment, and subscribe. Please yeah. subscribe. If you watch this whole video, if you're watching this part, I mean, I hope you get something out of it. And if you feel like you got something, please just subscribe to us. All we're asking. Um, keep rocking with us, keep supporting us. And Jalen, what could they text us? Man, y'all you- can text us the word pod, P O D. Text us pod to 337 555 Text me late, I don't care. But that's 337-455-7778. You can text us, text us the word pod to get on our uh, special text line. You'll get the updates to the newest uh, drops, but you'll also get updates to some exclusive content that we're offering through Patreon. Make sure you join the text line. That's all I got. What y'all got, man? Jerry, you got anything? Man, nah, y'all covered it all, man. I just want everybody to be on the lookout for all this good information we got coming soon. And I hope y'all really look into everything that we covered in this podcast. It was a lot of good information, a lot of good actionable steps for people to get started on. So I hope y'all get something out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Until next time, this is Blackwell Renaissance. With every monthly bill, like rent and car payments, you know exactly what you're getting when you pay for it. But health insurance plans feel like the total opposite. They're confusing and expensive. Then when you actually have to use your benefits, there are deductibles, claims, processes, and other red tape to deal with. But CrowdHealth puts you back in control of your health care. CrowdHealth is simple, transparent, and affordable. As a member, you'll get a personal care advocate who is with you every step of the way to help navigate the complexities of health events. They'll even negotiate bills on your behalf and could save you thousands of dollars in the process. Plus, you'll get access to thousands of other members who are ready to help pay for large health expenses. Experience healthcare freedom with CrowdHealth. Visit joincrowdhealth.com and use code HEALTH to get your first three months for just $99 per month. That's joincrowdhealth.com, code HEALTH. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. Terms and conditions may apply. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.